My favorite thing is just seeing the little bowls of prepped uh, veggies. And they're cut super small. I'm just and like, so this perfectly. is beautiful. <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> Hello, Yes People. Welcome to another episode of the Yes Girls, where we, Claire and Akumu, say yes to doing, being or learning something new and documenting our journeys. I'm so hungry. Claire, these days you're always hungry. Duh, well, we know why. In case you can't see us, Claire is pointing to a growing bump, yeah. in belly bump. But not just because of this. The challenge has me salivating from the beginning. Since we onboarded our expert, whilst we did the challenge, and even now thinking about the episode to come. It's another baking episode? Nope, even better than that. This episode we said yes to... Being, being a, a chef! For being chefs! I say a big, tasty yes to this episode. Akumu, can you believe we're already on season six? We've had Time flies. So, right. And we've had so much amazing feedback from listeners and subscribers, and the reviews mean the world to us. At Medj Minor said this about season five, saying yes to being happy episode. Quite insightful. Loved it. Thank you, Medj. If you've not yet rated and reviewed us, we'll give you a minute. I'll give you a minute now. Pause. Open the podcast, whatever you're listening to us, and rate us or yeah. review, whatever you can. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, but we do have a preference for Afropods. Check them out. They have a wealth of African podcast content, and we just love them. And you could give us, uh, not you could, you should give us five yeah, stars. Uh, you must. I really hope five, five stars, yes. And let us know why you listen to the show as well. You can comment uh, on Spotify. Um, so tell us what you like about the show or any episode it is. Um, it really does help others to discover the show and they then they can be forever grateful to you for bringing them a little more yeses into their lives. Anyway. Time to get on with this episode and meet our expert. Today we have an expert in the form of an entire team, nay, a community. That's right. For this challenge, saying yes to being a chef, we have the support of the entire team at Cultiva. What is Cultiva? Cultiva is, in their own words, Nairobi's best farm-to-table eatery, where dining becomes an extraordinary journey, um, where you can save a sustainable cuisine and local food. And we couldn't agree more, and having them as our experts was such a boon. With Claire and I both having spent significant periods of time in Latin America, uh, we particularly appreciate the Latin American influences permeating in the menu, and we were excited to dig in. Well, not dig in and eat, or rather not just dig in and eat, but dig in and learn some of the tricks of the trade and how a chef really goes about their job. So the challenge was simple. As with all challenges this season, we only had a day to do it, or uh, under a day to do it. We would join Chef Khalid and his team for a day to see and be part of their breakfast service. Um, and we, we didn't mess up the, the food. We, we didn't <laughs> touch the food. We were just looking and learning. Um, yeah, and we wanted to just see what it takes to put a menu together and then put that menu on hungry customers' plates. 
And most important of all, uh, we have to make sure that each customer lives, uh, I mean, how they make sure each customer lives with a happy feeling and a happy belly. I can stop looking at and talking about my belly. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it. <laughs> All right, let's get on with it. Let's first hear from Chef Khalid about what being head chef at Cultiva is all about and what it takes. I always enjoyed cooking and it was something I liked doing. So I dropped out of law school and decided to pursue culinary school, um, which is quite a big shock to my parents. <laughs> so I'm from an Indian family, so it's either you're a lawyer or you're an accountant. It's, those are the two options you can do. So I ended up going to culinary school in Cape Town. Um, which has a really good culinary yeah. scene. So I did a course for one year and then I worked at uh, some really good restaurants for about six months. In Cape Town. In Cape Town, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then I had the chance to come back to work at the Radisson Blue in mm-hmm. uh, They were just opening up a fine dining area. Um, they had a really super talented great chef who really took me under his wing. He was a great mentor for me. Uh, so I ended up working there for about two and a half years and then COVID hit and the, the hotel had to close. Um, so during that time, Cultiva closed as well, but they adapted what was uh, they used to call the Delivery Club, which was a weekly um, delivery service that they used to do. And they were kind of the only restaurant at the time that was changing. Everyone else had kind of closed their doors and were unwilling to adapt. So that was a really a big pull factor for me was the fact that they didn't stop. They kind of pushed on and, and reinvented themselves in that time to still have people paying their salaries, to have people coming through the doors. Um, so that was a, a really big pull factor for me. The owner is a chef as well, um, so he's from Ecuador. Yeah. Um, and we had a really good relationship. Uh, I always used to come to Cultiva to eat and he was a good friend of mine. So um, yeah, during COVID, me and my girlfriend started up a small delivery business ourselves from home and I was making all these bows that we were selling. Uh, and they started to do really well, but it got to a point where I either had to open a restaurant or close it completely. Mm. So in that moment, I came to see the owner, Ariel, and he offered me a job still during COVID. So I joined in September of 2020. So we arrived as at the breakfast service um, as it was just getting started. So we had time to have a calm sit down and a chat with Chef Khalid. Um, he's the manager. He's the head chef. He's the head chef. But he's also... Head chef. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to understand. <laughs> because there were, there were more chefs than him. Right? There were other but people there's always one head managing. Chef. Ah, yeah, there's okay. the general manager, the restaurant manager, blah, blah. Okay, so we, we yeah. sat with uh, Chef Khalid and we also took a tour uh, of the gardens just next to the establishment. They have, you know, places where they're, they're, they're growing greens, yeah? So we saw them. Um, they're really small but mighty in the taste and nutrients and, and you know, they are typically served as garnishes. That's the microgreens, yeah. Yeah. And that's how, uh, that's how you know a place really thinks about taste and presentation, in my opinion. They also had tons of fresh herbs which smell amazing. I think what smelled even better was the kitchen, uh, so it was great that we got first that we first got to experience the breakfast rush as the menu is somewhat more limited than lunch mm-hmm. and therefore half the kitchen um, could actually focus on lunch prep whilst the other half whipped up shakshuka, French toast and eggs in all sorts of ways. I finally learned what over easy means. Like mm. well done on the outside, mm-hmm. on both sides, but not crispy. Did you know that, Agumu? No. 
I'm still I'm still wondering what shashuka is <laughs> I couldn't handle the, the heat of the kitchen. I literally escaped to the other side of the restaurant, i.e. the bakery where things are quiet and cooler, meaning they also make ice cream there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I cooled off by seeing how homemade blueberry ice cream is made. Um, I think I also saw when they were making a pizza dough and there was a vanilla cake I think they were making as well. I had no idea, re- really, I had no idea that so much sugar goes into ice cream, by the way. No wonder it's so <laughs> dangerous or calorie-wise. Um, but also fresh fruits and home ho- and whole milk. And also, so there was whole, whole milk and also powdered milk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it tasted good. We did get to taste it. And do you remember I double dipped? You doubled. Oh, gosh. Let's not talk about that. That was so embarrassing. <sighs> you don't double dip in a kitchen. Anyway, you really notice a difference in a restaurant where everything is thought through and designed for taste and experience. We mentioned the microgreens already, which are used for garnish and taste. I mean, the bread is home-baked on site. The tortillas for the tacos are prepared on site. They probably spend as much time prepping your food as actually making it to order from the moment you Mm. order. There's so much about running a restaurant that's actually in the prep. Yes, hours of prep, meaning on uh, the on-site butcher. He's just next to the bakery. Um, well, nice, sealed off. Sealed <laughs> no yeah, yeah. We, we could see him through a window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he packages uh, neat, foiled and wrapped. And they're also vacuum sealed uh, parcels of portions of meat. And they put it in this... What was this thing called? The sous vide machine. The sous vide machine, mm. yeah. So that when someone orders them, they're ready to, you know, mm. they're just, you know, grilled and ready to go. Um, and the pizza oven um, is heating up from early morning. Um, all the ingredients are chopped and grated, just ready in little bowls. Um, and the dough is also proving. It's called proving with mm-hmm. a V. Proving, yeah. <laughs> I would have said proofing. <laughs> <laughs> This is how clueless I am. And all the sauces and marinades were also already ready. And about 20 kgs of chips Mm. pre-fried were ready for a second fry whenever someone orders um, so that they get truly crunchy and soft and delicate on the inside. Mm -hmm. And during this time, we really got to chat with all the staff. There were about 12 of them in the kitchen and bakery that Sunday morning, not counting the head chef and the managers. Um, And one thing that shone through was their passion. Unfortunately, the kitchen was so noisy. Well, at least for a phone microphone, it was too noisy. So our voice notes are basically drowned out by whirring and sizzling. But here are some little quotes. I really love working here. We're all passionate about food. I've been here about four months. I love it. I get to learn about so many different parts of the kitchen. Sharon is the OG. So Sharon was the chef that I probably spent most time with. And Mm. she is a fireball. She's constantly on the go, totally in control, even when the heat and pressure gets turned up. And she's an absolute pro balancing about five different things at once. And she was the only woman on the hot side of the the kitchen, right? Because the other ladies were doing salads. Yeah, salads and ceviches. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, they had orders coming through, uh, making a whole, please help me with this spelling. Hollandaise. Hollandaise. So no idea what that is. <laughs> making a Hollandaise sauce on one end of the line, making perfect over easy eggs on the other, broiling peppers, pep, peppers, or peppers, well, broiling peppers on the open flame. That was scary. That flame was too hot. <laughs> 
yeah. and, and totally unflappable. Um, uh, the truth is that you need to thrive in a high pressure environment to work in a professional kitchen or even stand in a professional <laughs> kitchen like we did. Yeah. So Akumo, was it for you? All of this? Honestly, I struggled with the heat and the intensity of the environment, like too many things happening. It, it was just, it, I was overstimulated. Um, I prefer to do things in my own time, at my own pace, and, and all the pressure and the time-bound nature of that whole environment was quite anxiety-inducing. <laughs> mm. um, they have a literal 20-minute limit from the time the customer places the order to the food coming out of the kitchen. And from what we could see, they're constantly on top of that limit. Yeah. It really takes a certain personality to type to thrive mm -hmm. in that environment. Mm -hmm. I have to say I loved it, but I don't know if I could manage that every day. I, I couldn't. Mm. I mean, I just can't imagine waking up every day knowing that my working day would be so intense, even in the best case scenario. Like when things go well, mm. you want lots of customers, lots of orders. You want, you know, bums on seats, uh, which means a very busy kitchen. Yeah, but you were more at home in that side of the kitchen I was, than I was. I, I found it, yeah, it, I, I wasn't getting anxious. Mm -hmm. I found it exciting, mm -hmm. um, but I wouldn't be able to do that every day. Yeah, and I think watching is just easier than doing. Right? Of course, <laughs> yeah. We were, I mean, we were kind of just trying to make ourselves small to not get in their way. For me, even watching was crazy. <laughs> um, I was, it's really, uh, it really heated up when breakfast service ended. That was around noon mm. and lunch was just beginning. The transition was completely seamless. They just wiped down the services, put the eggs away, and suddenly the pans were sizzling. The oven was ready to do pizzas. <laughs> um, and pans were had, you know, hunks and wagyu beef. Wagyu beef. Yeah, yeah. Mm, Claire wrote these things because that. she knows these things. <laughs> Me, I don't know what these <laughs> things are. Um Pizzas started popping in the oven and we had actually, we had to leave them during lunch because lunch is super hectic. Yeah. yeah. But it's not hectic as in chaotic, hectic as in managed and organized busyness, right? Being busy. Mm. Um, so the two head honchos were managing the barrage of orders. The communication between everyone was seamless. It was really impressive. You have to be so in sync as you, you can even have different people within the kitchen at different counters working on the same dish, like different lines, I think they call them. That was the biggest mind-blowing thing yeah. ever. So they each be working on their own part. I think you can just mention maybe the one side, there was a pizza line, the rows, there was a pizza row, there was a frying row. Yeah, there was a pizza line, mm -hmm. The, the salad frying on the side. line, the mm -hmm. salad line on the side, then ceviche, mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, the meats the meat line, and then there was the kind of final assembly with the the little head level oven the salamander uh, and then it goes to the counter to be checked yeah yeah and all these lines were working together sometimes a mm -hmm. meal would go through most if not yeah some of these lines yeah, yeah each work on their own parts and then it would come together at that salamander level mm -hmm. um a salamander i'd never heard of heard of it but it, yeah it's a little oven that can like crisp or warm the final assembled dish mm. or, or like and the sous, sous chef is there he wipes down the plate and specs for perfection and then sends it out of the kitchen mm. through the head chef or whoever's on duty um and every dish has to be perfect or it won't leave the kitchen even, what, even the arrangement. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to look good. Has to has to taste good, and that's what to me sets apart a restaurant with a real team of mm -hmm. chefs and cooks compared to a small restaurant with just you know one person who's cooking, right? Mm. Um, and 
you're you're accountable. You have to work as a team. And if someone picks you up on it, you don't take it personally. Right? You <laughs> you do better. Yeah. Um, but that's how they ensure quant- quality and consistency. Yeah. And when speaking to Chef Khalid, it was amazing to hear his perspective on how his dishes created in the test lab of the ever-changing menu. Like, yeah, a yeah. new menu every three months. Mm, exactly. And he had such a fresh perspective on this. Take a listen. The menu creation, like I said, it, it is a process. I was working on the new menu for the last two weeks and now every five dishes I taste maybe one works. And it's, it's a constant process of trying and failing, um, which is, can be very frustrating. Um, but the failure is also such a great process because it's such a good teacher in terms of just new ideas and new, play, new flavors. You can try one dish and it's an absolute disaster, but one thing from that dish was good. And you kind of store that and you go back to it and say, oh, this from this one dish is going to work on this dish. And it's just kind of having a mental palette and a mental memory of what you did and what works and what didn't work. Um, and just learning as, as it's going. Yeah. yeah. And how, is it not hard to like create the dish and it's kind of like your baby and then you hand it over to yeah. a whole big group of people who then make it? Yeah. It's, is, it, it's, is it hard to relinquish control? It, 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 it's, it's, it's not the control that's hard to relinquish, but it's, like I said, cooking is a very emotional, it's an emotional thing. So when you create a dish, you're, you're, you're pulling your emotions and your memories from dishes. Great dishes are always dishes that kind of bring you back to something. Yeah. So for me, it's like when I was a kid, what did I eat that tasted amazing? Yeah. And you kind of use that to, to create a dish or whatever it may be. It could be a memory or a smell that you liked. And, um, it is a it is a emotional thing because you're putting it out there for the world to judge, and it's, you're having 400 people sign something you did, and you're kind of like, you know. And, and with them, it's, it's just teaching the menu and relinquishing control, but also having the faith that they're going to execute it at the level that it's it's necessary. That was such an interesting take on it, and it's testament to how they hire and cultivate talent. You could say, cultiva. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now we understand the name. Yep. Okay, I think Akumu is trying to be me again with the with the puns. Yeah, yeah, we we are still this is this is on. We started by being each other, so we might as well continue. <laughs> you can stop now. <laughs> Time for a quick break, I think. So to finish the challenge, we got to enjoy the spoils. Mm-hmm. Ah, the best part of it all. <laughs> yeah, remember we had already eaten ice cream, like, and I doubled it shim, shim, shim fully. Yeah. Uh, so now we also had lunch at the end of the challenge. Um, so as it got a bit busy in the kitchen, we left. We passed ourselves at the bar, the high stools. Uh, we were told to order some food. Thank you, Kaltiva. Um, and we were trying what we'd seen the team preparing. And we also had to, uh, had a chat with Joy. So Joy was one of the waitresses, um, the delightful server who took us, who took some time to chat with us, um, and actually ended up agreeing with Akumu. <laughs> so what's your name? My name is Joy. And how long have you worked here? I've been here for an year now. A year. Yeah. And what is the best thing about working at a restaurant like um, this? The best thing is you get to learn a lot of things. You get to meet yeah, very nice people. Um, you also get to experience uh, a culture that you've never experienced before. Yeah, it's very nice. And what's the worst thing? Uh, the hours. <laughs> and getting tired. Oh, yeah? Definitely. You are always standing, I'm, I'm guessing. Yes. Walking and standing. Yes. All day. Yeah. 
hard work. Yeah, but you get is. you get to eat some of the food. Um, yeah, when the new food is introduced, you get to taste it. Ah, yeah. good. So that's another good thing about it. Yes. <laughs> Are you going to move to the kitchen at some point? No, I don't want to be a chef. <laughs> no, want to. No, you're in. <laughs> you prefer the. Yeah, it's too hot in there. <laughs> I think that was really telling. If, if you're a people person, being a chef probably isn't for you, mm-hmm. but it takes all sorts to run a restaurant. One sort to be a head chef, like specifically... To be a head chef, I think it it's like the ultimate, like the you know the summum of what mm-hmm. you can what you can be in a restaurant. And that's what this challenge was really about. Mm-hmm. But but I'm not sure either one of us has what it takes. I sliced an onion and I had some chunks the size of like mini onions and some slivers which were barely visible, like wafer thin. Yeah, I couldn't even even the knife when he he the way he he gave us this super sharp knife and we are trying to slice the onion and I was just like, I'm even afraid to touch this knife. (laughs) (laughs) I could, and of course I couldn't handle the heat and the pressure. Um, That was just a calmer breakfast service and I still couldn't handle it. Yeah, lunch and dinner was, I mean, we saw how busy it got, we were observing. Yeah. Um, All in all, I think we had an eye-opening experience and Mm -hmm. personally I learned so much about how restaurants work Mm -hmm. And how you can go from ordering your food or from a menu of 20 items to getting it served hot and ready in front of you in less than 20 minutes. Yeah. When it would take about an hour and a half to prepare from scratch in your home and it would taste nowhere near as good. Mm. Yeah. We also saw, but uh, the seasoning, the way they season, the ingredients they use, the freshness of the ingredients mm. and each dish is consistent. Like, and me, just, that's so tough to do in your own home. My favorite thing is just seeing the little bowls of prepped uh, veggies and they're cut super small Perf- and like, so perfectly beautiful <laughs> I, I couldn't do it <laughs> and the pizza of course was the best part mm. because pizza is my favorite so that was fun <laughs> watching and eating <laughs> of course we don't want to give away all of cultivar secrets but we know that they are exciting things to come for their space for the whole team so please follow them at at Cultiva Kenya uh, everywhere um, and stay up to date. We certainly will. Well, that was one episode that really did make me hungry. I'm still hungry. How about we grab a, a bite after this, Akumu? Uh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. And in the meantime, for all of you listening who might not be in Nairobi and who therefore can't eat at Cultiva, sorry, but don't worry, the fun doesn't end there. There are old episodes of the Yes Girls podcast for you to discover. Just scroll up or down on your podcast feed. There's a couple of years worth of content to catch up on with something for everyone. Oh, and there's Cultiva in Ecuador, they said, right? Yes. Mm, So if you're in Ecuador, you can go to Cultiva. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, We'll be back in no time with a new episode where we say yes to another challenge based on your suggestions. And in the meantime, let's interact on socials about what you've said yes to, about your thoughts on this episode or any episode that struck a chord with you. Whose shoes would you step into for a day? What are you dying to say yes to? Which restaurant would you want to get behind the scenes of? Maybe the community can give you the push you need to say yes. 
Find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, even Threads and X at Yes Girls Podcast all together. We want to cook up a big thank you to everyone who made this episode possible. We're bubbling over with gratitude for some Pisha Productions and Snowball Studios for, as always, producing such a wonderful episode for us. We'd keep Pedro Brand in our pantry. <laughs> Hopefully he can fit. <laughs> he Hopefully he, he, can, he can leave when he wants. <laughs> he composed our theme music. And Kags, you are the garnish to our main cause. Cause, well, main cause for designing our eternally loved logo. Top of our menu for today's show is the team at Cultiva for welcoming us and really showing us the ropes, despite having a restaurant full of hungry customers, and also for allowing us to sample some of the delights that were being served up from the kitchen. And last but not least, like a classic dessert or an ice cream, uh, to you, our listeners. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Now, Claire, we don't have an external expert for this uh, question today, but what is something you've recently said yes to? and not for the podcasts. I'm going to go trivial. We normally tell people it doesn't have to be something big. In this case, it's not something big, but I've started eating cereals again. Why did you stop? Well, in England, I always eat cereals, Mm -hmm. and I recently spent an extended period of time in England. I think I mentioned that on the last episode, and I got really used to eating cereals, and I got Saxo into it as well. Mm -hmm. So now we've got Weetabix in the house, we've got granola, and I'm loving it. Mm. Yeah. But I'll go back to my Kenyan traditional uji soon. Don't worry. Ah, you reminded me because I had no answer. Now I have an answer. You said granola and I was like, yes, she just gave me an idea. Yeah. So this week I started eating more nuts. So I am not eating four times a day like you, but I just, I'm, so I listened to this podcast about this nutritionist and he was talking about, yeah, the things you should be eating every day. Yeah. Podcasts can change your life, people. <laughs> so a Fiona went to the supermarket and bought mixed nuts because apparently they're very good for you. Mm. Yeah. So as I, long I, as you don't need too many. Yeah. I just, eat, I just take a bunch like in the afternoon. Yeah. So we have moved from two main meals to two and a half. Yes. Good. Yeah, get your hands on some nuts, people. Go nuts. Thank you for joining us on yet another crazy ride in the name of doing, being, and learning. We can't wait to hear what other challenges you suggest for us for next season. But no rush, we still have more episodes up our sleeves, which are already being worked on as we speak. Because we never rest. We're always saying yes. Because I'm Claire. And I'm Akumu. And together we are... The the Yes Yes Girls. Girls! And the baby. And the baby. Right, and can the baby. we eat now? I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Cultiva. Cultiva, Cultiva. <laughs> <laughs>